Welcome to Be The One. Be The One. It only takes one person to understand. Will you be that one for someone? Original Music Grow is by Kelly Fitzgerald. I'm Erin. And I'm Vani. And let's get started. And today we have a special guest. Her Very name is, special. Yes. And she. her name is Maddie. And Maddie is actually one of three kids of mine and we're going to talk today about her experience of you know losing her dad at a very young age to depression and how she has come to grow and live a life without him well welcome maddie thank you for having me real quick let's just talk about before we go back talk about where you're at so tell us a little bit about yourself um, so I am a senior at Lake Forest College in Lake Forest, Illinois. It's in the outskirts of Chicago. I am studying English with an emphasis on writing, and I'm double minoring in social justice and legal studies. Um, my passion for social justice is definitely driven um, by my mom's organization. I understand and just a drive to make an impact and help people who have been through similar situations as me. Okay. Sound busy. Very busy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's take it back. So your father died from depression. How old were you when that happened? I actually always get this question mixed up. Um, I believe I was five when he passed away. So I was actually I remember I was in kindergarten when he passed. So I actually remember very clearly. Um, I think my kindergarten class must have um, like been announced that my father had died because I remember being alone and re-entering the classroom and one of the kids, like everyone was kind of staring at me. I remember one of the kids came up to me and was like, how did your dad die? And I was in kindergarten. This was another kindergartner. So like, I don't think he meant anything malicious out of it, but I just remember looking at him like very unamusedly and just being like, he died of sadness. So... I feel like I've always had a pretty good grip and understanding of what my father went through, even at such a young age. Throughout elementary school and let's say middle school, before you kind of hit that back end toward adulthood, how did his death affect you? How did it affect your relationships with your friends, with your family, your wonderful mother? Well, I think def it definitely... Um, made my, mo my mom and I very close, my whole family as a matter of fact. Um, she's done a really phenomenal job of keeping us all together and being able to open up and share like how we're feeling, whether it's something that has to do with our dad, whether it's something to do with at school or personally. All of our siblings have been really fortunate to have a mom that allows us to have conversation about it. So I think that's why today I'm comfortable, but it has actually been... Um, the past, I'd say, three years, I've actually been fully comfortable talking about my experience and my father because w before I understand what's created, um, the stigma around mental health and suicide, especially for me, I thought was extremely heavy because when you're in middle school and high school and you meet boyfriend's parents, new friend's parents, you know, the first thing 
golf coaches, tennis coaches for me, the first thing that they ask is, well, what do your parents do? And I'd always say my mom, she takes care of us, she's a stay-at-home mom, you know, and I'd just cross my fingers, you know, because I'd emphasize mom, mom, you know, like, please don't ask me about my dad, because the next question's always like, well, what, did your, what does your dad do? And I'd always say, well, he passed away when I was very young, and for the most part, people would be respectful of that and not ask much more, and again, I was very grateful for that because being a teenager, you know, I'm trying to figure out a lot of things on my own myself and the last thing that I wanted to deal with was having people treat me differently because of my father. And I was never ashamed of my father. It was just that I knew that that how he died was not a socially acceptable way. And so when people would pry and I'd Sometimes I'd lie and I'd say he died, uh, he had heart disease, he had heart problems. And uh, again, people, for most part, would not pry more, but there's always some people who would say, well, what kind of heart problems? Well, this. And at that point, I almost felt like I was being attacked. And I remember specifically one instance, it was with a golf coach who was just would not let it go. And that was really hard for me because I just kept like saying, I don't know, I don't know, because it's clear it's an uncomfortable conversation, and I just didn't understand why he was so hung up on the why, because why does that matter? Like, my dad alive was an incredible person. Like, why can't we focus on the while he was alive? But to even to just be respectful of the person and their experiences. I think I go back, you know, I think about, you know, being the mom, a single mom, to three kids whose dad died by suicide. How do you tell a five-year-old how their dad died? Um, and it was something that I was really processing the best way to do it and went through therapy and, and how to help. And the older two actually were told by someone at school. And I never had the opportunity to be able to share that with them. But I think that the, the questions came, came early. Um, where Maddie would come home and the gym teacher said, hey, after dinner, get active, get, grab your dad, tell him you need to go for a walk. And then a friend of Maddie would raise her hand and would say, well, Maddie doesn't have a dad. So Maddie would come home and share that with me and I would say, Maddie, of course you have a dad. He just is in heaven. And we chose to talk to, you know, through the help of a therapist, to talk to Maddie very, very young um, she was five, and what do you, you don't understand that about how he died. And we chose to use the word sadness because she could relate to sadness, and sometimes people get so sad that it, re it creates an illness in them. But then we were able to, because we didn't want that fear of being sad to be associated with dying by suicide, but we were, I was then eventually able to talk more about depression and start that at a young age so she can know the truth and she doesn't go back and have to find something so devastating out so young. Yeah, I understand what you're saying about, like, you don't want the connotation of sadness to be associated with suicide, but I think, like, in cases of talking of children, this is a very effective way to communicate. And then, obviously, as I grew, you know, I began... It's inevitable, you know, for kids, for anyone to start asking more questions and then to eventually get the full picture and to fully understand. And I'd say that occurred to me about middle school. So about when 
also like the time to like be meeting new people and be like inter finding yourself and um, you know like finding your place and like what you're good at and what you know and like the people that you want in your life so um, it was an overwhelming time but like I said I was very fortunate to have my mom my family and I didn't touch on I had I got very fortunate with the friends that I went to high school with um, I didn't know it at the time but looking back like having some conversation with my mom now a lot of families that I was close friends with really did an incredible job of you know taking me under their wing and you know if taking me to their family dinners and letting me be a part of their family dynamic and I'm very grateful that even though I didn't have that dynamic myself that I was able to see it possible in other um, families and so I'm very grateful for those people who um, were there for me and my and my mom during that during that time as well because something that you know a lot of people will say to me and to my mom is well just get over it or time will heal time does heal but I'm never gonna forget my father and I'm never gonna be able to forget this feeling that I have of like missing him because it's always it's always gonna be there it's always gonna be hard and I think that people need to understand that it's not something that can be mended but it can be something that can be like it's kind of like you know a scar over like a like a injury or something like it heals but it doesn't it's not the same well and I feel that um, so many the family the family dynamic changed and and people will say well you have a family you have a family and I'm like yes we have a family but there's a significant person missing in that family in our family dynamics and that's why it was so important for me to have Maddie be with what I called complete families where they had a mom they had a dad and we were really lucky to have Maddie it didn't ha it didn't happen as much with my other two kids but Maddie I think was so young um, that she had those family experiences, even though it wasn't with our family. Um, but I think that too, as a mom, I mean, I was hoping that I would find a really good male role model for my children as oftentimes that that happens. Can I just say something? I'm, yeah. I got to interrupt you yeah. right now. Okay. I say this <laughs> because, no, I want... <laughs> Well, but it's true. Say, so many have. So many I have don't that. Need, I don't need a male role model. Like that's. I think that is a major misconception <laughs> about, especially my dad dying, especially fam family dynamics. But that's a good thing to say. I felt like family dynamics. They're not one way. You know what I mean? That's something that people need to understand. It's like it's okay to have just a mom, just a dad, mom or dad, two moms and a dad. Like it's okay because. The major misconception about family is that you need one male and one female, but I feel like I had got just as much, maybe even more, from just having a female role model in my life. Um, I mean, obviously, it would have been, you know, nice maybe to have more of a um, guy perspective um, influence in my life, which, which maybe would maybe I'd be a different person than I am today, but I genuinely feel like I didn't miss out on anything with that by not having a male father. And I don't think that my childhood experience lacked in any way because of that. So 
I definitely had a different, um, I definitely grieved a lot differently than my siblings. Um, and it was because of the age difference. I was five when my father died. So it was kind of like the, for a five-year-old, like ignorance is bliss kind of thing. Like I, even though this awful thing had happened, I was, it was a lot easier for me to grow up and go about my life um, because I was so young. I didn't understand it fully. Um, and so I probably didn't start grieving until middle school um, is probably when I started asking questions and um, just being, I'd stay up this, <laughs> I would stay up and just kind of cry in my bed because I would just be like, why did my dad leave me? Like, I don't understand. I didn't get it. But I knew that he had left. I knew that at that point I thought it was a choice. So I interpreted it as that. And so I was just very sad for a while and I didn't really understand it until, um, and that was as far as it went. I, know I didn't really get much treatment or help with that aspect. But when I was a fresh, my freshman, the year, the summer after freshman year, I had a very amazing opportunity to go to the Teton mountain range um, and to summit the um, Grand Teton. And the whole program was a road trip out west. And so I was going to be hiking and camping and, you know, really living off my the stuff on my backpack or however you, however you say, one with the land. Um, and I'd never done that before. And so I was really nervous. But then as soon as I, you know, got in the van, met the people I was traveling with and started camping and hiking and doing all that stuff, I was just like, I love this. And I'd never done anything like it. And it was really incredible because I was like, where did this like passion for this come from? And and then when we got to the Teton mountain range, I just felt this like overwhelming sensation of like home, it felt like, like my dad. Like I felt, I felt him there and it was really crazy like how at peace I felt and how like I was just always thinking about him and it was so weird because I was a it was my freshman year so it's like and I'd gone like I said I'd gone about most of my life like not really processing but it was like when I got there it was like this really profound feeling for me and so I was supposed to summit the Teton and I was the whole hike up I was just really channeling my dad and really thinking like he'd love this, you know, like this is something that's right up his alley. Like we had a, there was another student that had their dad hiking with us too. And it was actually someone who my dad was really good friends with. So small world. And I would just look back at um, my friend's dad and be like, my dad would be here too. Like he'd be right with us. And little did I know he truly was there with me the whole time. But long story short, I didn't make it to the top of the Teton. I made it to um, almost the top. It's called the saddle. Um, and I just felt like a very immense disappointment in myself because like, I don't know what I was expecting to find at the top of the Teton, whether it was more peace, more connection to my dad. And I had a really hard time like grappling with this fact that like, I had this intention that I was going to do for myself, but not only for myself, but for my father. And it was really hard for me to kind of like, I kind of felt like I was missing out on something in that. I knew my dad maybe wouldn't be disappointed in me, but like I felt like he was maybe disappointed in me. 
at that time. And then I remember when I'd gotten, once we had hiked back down, I called my mom and we weren't really allowed to have our phones on this trip because we really were supposed to be like, emphasize like being with each other and being in nature. And, but I called my mom and I was just bawling. I like told her how like, you know, like how I felt this overwhelming connection with my dad and how like I felt I didn't make it to the top and I felt like a disappointment to dad. I remember my mom, I remember she started crying and she was like, Maddie, the Tetons was your dad's favorite place in the world. She was like, he loved to ski there. And I had no idea that my dad had even been to the Tetons. Like I just, you know, and so even though I didn't get what I was expecting out of it, I was able to finally feel like I knew my dad and that I had a connection with him, even though, you know, it wasn't like a physical connection. And so I think that was when I finally began to process my dad's death and to really make it a part of me and a part of my story and to, you know, enough with the lying about how he died and lying about, you know, the circumstances about him. Like, I felt like I was doing not only myself an injustice, my dad an injustice, and now anyone else who has mental health issues an injustice because I was, because I didn't realize the potential that I had to um, possibly connect with someone else and help other people. So. Real quick, I just want to discuss, you know, how has I understand, so your mom started I Understand Love Heals, how has that affected you? How has it changed you? How have you been able to help? Um, so I Understand has actually been extremely impactful in my um, acceptance of um, my dad and also acceptance with myself because I myself struggle with anxiety and depression and it's something that I struggle with on a daily basis and it's something that not only if my dad's death you know I have a hard time talking about but talking about your mental mental health issues is also extremely hard because you never know what people might think of you you know everyone has like pre if they've never been through it people have preconceived ideas of what it may be and that is probably the most challenging is maneuvering it but also something that has always really bothered me is when people talk they talk very um, ignorantly about mental health they'll say uh, so many times in school you know you hear people being I'm gonna kill myself I have so much homework or this is awful class I want to kill myself and that little do people know those words are extremely triggering to someone like me and to possibly like probably someone else in the group that you're saying to is gonna find that inappropriate because like we've said before, everyone, um, we know at least every, someone who has been affected by a mental health issue. And so I understand has really gave me the platform to speak, to be comfortable to speak about those topics that I used to be very uncomfortable talking about because I understand has created a movement that has thousands of people behind it. And so it's one of those things that like, <clears throat> I understand is a movement that has thousands of people behind it. And so it has allowed me to feel comfortable sharing my story. Um, but not only comfortable, it has like validated my feelings and similar and like things that I've been through. Like I'm not just, I'm not crazy or I'm not the only one going through this because it has brought 
people together by saying like, I understand, like you're connecting with someone, you're giving that person like hope that they're not alone. And I think I understand it's definitely made me realize that I'm not alone and I hope that I have made, helped other people not feel like they're alone as well. So thank you, I understand. Thank you, mom. <laughs> what I don't do for my kids, <laughs> mama bear. Well, thank you, Maddie, so much for sharing your story. Thank you, Consumers Credit Union, for allowing us a space to record our podcast. And thank you to Big B for free beverages for our guest. Be the one that listens. Please be the one that says, I understand love heals. And be the one to have the courage to share your story. Because once you do, you know you will help someone else. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. If you are struggling and need someone to talk to, remember that help is available 24-7 at 1-800-273-TALK. And also, you can text GO to 741-741. say everything happens for a reason. Life has its own seasons. In the wind, you can only feel the snow. Start to wonder if those flowers gonna grow. Soaking in the snow, soaking in the rain. It's all a part of how seasons change.